the top stars from Hollywood and from all over the world to entertain you on a giant screen with the two colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. Please, please, please to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. Howdy doody, everybody. What's going on? It is Monday night. It is 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. You are tuned into the drive-in speaker box, the best in film scores, DVD news, movie reviews, and everything in between. That's what we used to say like 10 years ago. Yeah, we used to do that. Remember? That was, that we talked the about old the old jam. Talk about the music. Yeah, yeah, but now we, we just talk. We talk to you about what's going on in Hollywood, what's going on in the world, movies, all that stuff. And I, of course, am your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. And I'm the big, slick doggy, the grip. And uh, yeah, we we've got we've got a show for you tonight. Um, uh, interesting weekend. I was out of town for a big portion of the weekend. I was in Dallas, Texas, for the the uh, annual Texas Pinball Festival, which is something that I uh, I go every year when they used to have it. And uh, now they uh, uh, brought it back. It's the first year in like two years mm-hmm. that they they haven't had it, and 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 it was exciting. Uh, I had a good time. I'm not going to talk too much about it. I did get to see movie related though. I did get to see uh, Sylvester McCoy. He was the seventh Doctor and Doctor who also played Radagast in uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings film, and he was a really nice guy. He signed my Doctor Who pinball back glass. He was super nice. And uh, yeah, he was he was uh, an interesting cat to meet. We actually, he he had a table much like uh, when we you you met Flash Gordon, mm. and he was just sitting there, and we we just chatted. We 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 chatted a bit, and he thought pinball people were kind of weird, and uh, <laughs> you know he was he so liked the... he liked my hat because we both are hat guys. Mm. Some of the people at TPF are definitely strange. They are, they are. Um, but yeah, so that that was a lot of fun. I didn't get to watch any new movies in theaters. Uh, granted, there wasn't a whole lot of new movies that could come out that I hadn't already seen. Yeah, the only new thing was uh, the Lost City, right? That's right, that's right. Didn't get a chance to see that, and uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, didn't make it to our area. I'm ho- it's not going to be here next weekend either. Um, McLean uh, asked, "Did I get a chance to talk to him about the Monsters movie?" I did not. Um, I kind of just, you know, I, I don't like a being. Who's in the Monsters? He, um, uh, well, uh, he's he's. Um, oh, I forgot. Uh, he's not like Grandpa, although he. No, he I mean clearly. Be. But um, uh, he, uh, McLean, he knows it's in the chat. He'll he'll check those out in the comments. But I didn't get to ask him because I don't really like to overstep my celebrity boundaries. When you're, you know, I don't want to be the guy that's like, "Hey, so you want to be my friend?" And it's like, no, and of course they're not. They're gonna, you know, take take their picture and you know move on. But he was kind of bored, just kind of sitting there hanging out. Um, a lot of Doctor Who pinballs came this particular year. So um, McLean says he's gonna be the butler. Butler. Oh, and the new one. Uh huh. Monsters don't have a butler. They do now. Um, but uh, anyway, so that was cool. Um, had a lot of fun in Dallas, and uh, oh, we're back. Did you get a chance to watch anything? Uh, nothing new to theaters. Uh, I did watch uh, Red Rocket now that it's available on with streaming. Dirt nasty. Yeah, with old Simon Rex in it, because uh, that was one of those things where it was like, hey, it's a, a award show time. Let's watch something that's probably not going to get one. Well, speaking of award shows, did we have an Oscar weekend? Um, it's kind of almost 
good that we didn't have a big movie to review. I mean, we'll talk about Red Rocket, of course, later in the show. And I watched Halo. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about yeah. that a little bit later in the program as well. Uh, but but the Oscars, the Oscars happened. And, and boy, this is the first Oscars in a long time that people are actually talking about. And uh, the, the slap heard around the world, as they're calling it, between Chris Rock and Will Smith... Um, you know, Oscars were as predictable as ever in terms of who won, who lost, whatever. You know, I don't think anybody was there was no snubs uh, that 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 were happening. Um, I didn't I didn't check out whatever the the Twitter one was. Did did anybody remember that? That was like the you know the best oh, in tweet. They were voting. They were gonna hey tell me what's going on. Uh, hey furious. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um. I didn't. I didn't check out what what the the people's choice or whatever. I I yeah. I tune most of the Oscars out mm. uh, because again, they're incredibly formulaic. You know, you can always find uh, a, a pattern in how Oscars are chosen now more than ever. You know, even even in in sound design and costume design, always always predictable. And this one was. Um, no different, you know, Dune got all the technical awards, you know, sound design and, you know, uh, sound uh, editing. Cinem- it did get the cinematography award, which it should have because it's a beautiful movie. <laughs> that but, was the whole movie. There wasn't a lot of talking. Exactly. And, you know, uh, costume design, it, it, duh, you go with, it's either the period piece or the one that's about fashion. That's always the winner. Like, you know, if there, and there's always going to be a period piece or a movie about fashion and Cruella, which is a movie about it fashion. It was both. It was, yeah, it was, it was. Set yeah. in the 70s. It was both. So, boom, duh, got it. Achievement in sound, Dune, of course. You know, you just, uh, original score, uh, Dune. That one was, that one was interesting because I thought Encanto might take it. But, of course, Encanto got the best animated picture. Yeah, and that's wild because Dune's music was all just atmospheric. But yeah. it was actually really good. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's it, it, the Oscars were predictable. But the thing that no one predicted was the Chris Rock and Will Smith beef. And I want to I want to take a minute uh, before we get into news, before we get into all these whatevers that we normally do on the show. And I want to spend some time talking about this. You know, I um, I watched the clip. I've watched the the you know the interviews. I've watched Will's acceptance speech. I've watched a lot of this stuff. And uh, you know, I've I've worked in film. I've worked in and around film. I worked in reality TV, which again is not as reality as you think it is. And I you know the mo- the first thing that I saw when I watched this clip is there was a lot of red flags. A lot of um, a lot of choreo- choreography, and uh, you know it could be real. I don't, you know, I'm not saying that it's that it's not real. I'm not saying that it's you know, hundred percent. I think it's fake, but it looks pretty fake to me. Um, you know, there is a lot of stuff going on. You know, there's a big battle going on on the internet. I mean, it's the only thing everybody's talking about because they're like, defend my wife's honor. Oh my gosh. Oh, she has a debilitating disease and he made fun of it. And it's like, oh, like it's the first time a comedian has ever made a joke, even a low blow joke about someone, especially in Hollywood. Uh, my guy tune into literally any roast or any Oscars. Like, remember when, um, 
what was his name? Uh, the the office guy, uh, uh, Ricky Gervais, mm. hosted the Oscars. All he was doing is talking shit. Like you know, that's that's what he does. And and it, it, it's weird because like everything surrounding the Oscars has gotten so unbelievably sensitive about who got snubbed and who's this and oh my gosh, you hurt my feelings and feelings and all. Oh. And and the, and the weird thing about our current culture is response to hurting feelings instead of acceptance and understanding and talk about it. Everyone's like violent like it's weird how we're supposed to be moving more towards this sort of let's everybody hug and accept everyone for who they are and be their be their selves but it feels more and more like everyone's like if you don't if you if you do something that even slightly uh is upsetting to me then i have permission to use lethal force and i want you to lose your job and your career and i'm gonna hit you and punch you and you go to jail and and you, you know you should probably just die and, uh, and, and it's kind of a weird thing. And I want to feel like maybe Hollywood was playing with this, okay? So hear me out. Hear me out. I know, I know that you were going to not talk because you're too <laughs> afraid to share an opinion when the cameras are on. No, um, I just I don't have an opinion on it. I just don't know that I'm... You gave me the side eye. I knew the side eye was coming. It was like, well, oh, I'm not going to touch this with a 10-foot pole because <laughs> I don't want to be the end of, receiving end of a Twitter beef. And, and that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But, but hear, hear me out here. Okay, so when I watch this, sound guy instincts immediately kicked in. Because anytime I watch something, like I'm the guy that understands the sound editing category. I'm a sound guy. That's what it did in film for a long time. And, um, you know, a sound can be way more telling of what's happening visually than the visual can, right? And I don't know if you ever slapped anybody, um, but it makes a very, very specific noise. Derpy Gaming says, slap! Uh, Garrett says, how do I feel about the slick D? Uh, <laughs> That's not what he says. It says slick D. How you feel about this slick D? Yeah, um, okay. Let's see. Uh, I don't want to talk about slick D's right now. Um, and Logan, Logan said one of the healthier conspiracy, conspiracies one could have. But but no, hear me out. So the way that a slap sounds, it's skin on skin. Like that wasn't even a hard slap, you know. And a cheek slap, you get you get it's meatier. You get it's a higher pitch cheek slap. And an open fist slap, you get a little bit of a clap, a little bit of pop, and a lot of bit of that 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 the high pitch skin reverberation. And in and with the, with the 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 strength and intensity, the the slap, it was a bitch slap. It was a classic telegraphed Will Smith Fresh Prince of Bel Air slap. Like if you've watched his career, it was it was one of his from the hip, bam! Like he was hitting jazz, you know. And as Sam says, Bo knows about slapping those cheeks. Yes, I do. And um, you know, I also know a little bit about fight choreography. I've been around sets. I've watched fight choreography. I you know, I've been I've been a part of the behind the scenes element. And and in fact, I, I want to show you something that was that was pretty funny. Um, that I did for an, uh, you know, and I'm not even a professional, right? I am just a guy that, uh, you know, does stuff goofily on this show and other shows. But I have uh, a show that I also co-host called Later with Jason Sewell. We did an episode the other day, and uh, we didn't rehearse this. We didn't practice this. We're just two physical comedians that were doing an opening intro to um, a show where we had a boxer on. So mm -hmm. the, the 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 idea behind the, the intro was I was going to be testing out his gloves. I was be like, oh yeah, I'm super hype. Jason was going to sneak up on me, and I hit him. And they did they did an overlay. 
um, where I'm like, yeah, yeah, warming up, warming up with this thing. And Jason's like, hey, what are you doing? I go, oh, shit, boom, and I punch him right in the face. You know, and they added, like, the, the graphic over there just because it's fun, but I wish they hadn't, so you could have gotten a really good look how it looked like I really did connect with this dude. And, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't hard. It was fairly believable. And, uh, you know, it, it translated on screen, which is one of these things that, that people can do. And you, you go and you look at something like this slap. You know, this, this is a freeze frame of before Chris Rock got hit in the face. And, you know, hands behind the back, which is kind of unusual, where they stayed the whole time, kind of gritting his teeth, sticking his chin out, looking like he's bracing for impact here. And then it comes in and, and, and hits him right here, you know, like not even pulling a hand up here, not pulling a hand up here, leaning forward into it. That's what they teach you to do. And then when he got hit, he leaned way back. And that's, that's um, in physical comedy, in fight choreography, you, you exaggerate your body motions to make make things look more interesting to the audience in the back. And if you've ever been slapped or ever punched somebody, it, it is not that you don't always follow through. Your body kind of re reacts and jerks and like wants to fight against that motion, uh, especially if it's not like going to knock you out. But he didn't. Chris Rock just stood there with his hands behind his back and didn't even like touch his cheek. You know, I mean, who doesn't touch their cheek or body part? Like, when someone goes and hits you, you know, you're like, oh, hey, dude, what was that for? And, um, you know, it, 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 shut up, Jake. <laughs> like, here, I'm just going to, like, not have you on camera anymore. Um, no, but... But you know, it, it there was there was a lot of signs and a lot of things that looked like maybe this had been planned to you know go through all sorts of uh, internet fame. You know, as Carson says, the Smith's marriage is open to everything but jokes. Hi, yeah, that's been going around the internet too. Funny. But also, look at the history of both of these actors. They're both physical comedians. They've both been in the business for you know years and years and years, and they are friends. Um, you know. Uh, Chris Rock is not a stranger to Jada Pinkett Smith or Will Smith. In my in my intro, um, you'll see the graphic when the the replays uploaded on on uh, YouTube. But you know, I I made a little hodgepodge of pictures of of all of them, and you know, they uh, actually somebody posted these on the internet, and I'll see if I can pull them up for you. Um, but you know, it it's it's it. Here we go. I think I've got. Well, I'll find it later. Anyway. It, it's 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 a little it's a little suspect. Uh, a lot a lot of things going on in this deal, but it's dividing the internet. Chris Rock did not press charges. You know, everybody's getting all worked up about it, and the Oscars are relevant again. And you know, I feel like if this had been a real incident, like you know, the nipple slip that happened uh, at the Super Bowl was, you know, there was per like big repercussions. There was fines and penalties, and no one's going to be invited back. And, you know, I think if, if, if Will Smith had just, like, truly went up there and tried to knock Chris Rock the fuck out, uh, he probably wouldn't have been able to just, just willy-nilly go up there and accept his Best Actor Oscar and be like, thanks, Academy, thanks, everybody. Uh, not going to talk about punching Chris Rock, but y'all have a good night. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for this. I'm going to cry from a fan. You know, this means a lot to me, you know, for family. And these are these celebrities are meant to be around all they thick skin for a reason like the amount of paparazzi and tweets and death threats and all this kind of stuff that happens and just you know it just seems so 
unbelievably out of character. And the fact that they were all smiling, Will Smith smiled on the way up there, smiled on the way back after doing it like he was trying to like hold in a joke. Uh, it just, just it didn't seem, I don't know. It just it just felt weird. <laughs> Do you think the Mark Summers and Burt Reynolds interview was staged too? Mm. No, that was 100% real because Mark Summers hates human beings and so does Burt Reynolds. And yeah, you, you know, Mark Summers is kind of like um, Howie Mandel in the sense that he's so germaphobic that he doesn't like being around people. Hmm. Like, you ever noticed on the show Unwrapped? How like, was he even able to host Double Dare then, being around oh, kids he, and slime? And- so there's interesting behind-the-scenes documentaries with him where he was talking about how much anxiety that show caused him. And, uh, you know, it was very difficult for him. And he always stayed pretty far back. You know, he never, he'd be like, okay, you guys won. And not like, oh, here we are, kids. And, um, you know, like on the show Unwrapped, he's always in a studio kind of by himself. Yeah, he's in the diner um, booth. He's in the diner booth. There's no other people. Um, he, he's, he's an interesting cat, but a great, a great host. Um, but, yeah, you know, I just, I don't I don't know. You know, I don't. I know if I say that, I think it's fake. Everyone's going to be like, "He, he Will Smith did what it was right, defending his wife's honor. That's what a real man does. Real men stand up for their women's." I've been seeing that all over the internet. And but the other, the other question that that comes into my mind as a person who has worked on on stage, um, in front of crowds, saying what could easily be classified as incredibly offensive shit um you know and when you're reading you know especially in a roast environment or any sort of you know environment where you're making jokes and i'm pretty sure that joke was probably written way in advance and may or may not have even been on a teleprompter because that's how the oscars work um the uh the fact that we have almost greenlit people to be okay if a joke doesn't land with them that they can go up and assault the comedian hmm. like you know oh well that pissed me off so i'm gonna go and punch him and it's okay because he said something i don't like very much and um you know what precedent does that set even if this was real or if it was fake either way i think this sets an incredibly dangerous uh, precedent for stage performers like heckling is one thing i think mark hamill tweeted he said you know c- comedians are trained and 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 and, and well versed in uh, being able to handle hecklers assault not so much you know and what what happens when you're in a tight little nightclub and someone says a joke about something and someone just decides they want to stand up and punch Dave Chappelle in the face you know or or Aziz Ansari in the face or or any you know <laughs> Sam Kinison uh, as Sam said in in the comments or Eddie Murphy from Raw or or you know uh, George Carlin from literally anything that ever came out of his mouth um you know it, it, it's it's interesting to think about what this means for the future of of stand-up comedy and everybody goes well those aren't good jokes to be telling anyway and it's like well then jokes aren't good to be telling because jokes are making fun of something you know you take a little nugget of truth and you make a joke around it and uh that's just how that's how jokes work and and it wasn't even a good joke like gi jane like okay so gi jane is a movie. All jokes at the Oscars revolve around movies. That's how the the comedy formula works at the Oscars. And you know, it wasn't like 
G.I. Jane was a horrible, unlikable, not strong female character that was a badass. Yeah, and she a told hero. Viggo Mortensen to suck it. Yeah, like it, it's a powerful movie about a powerful woman who, you know, and just, yeah, it's it's famous because Demi Moore shaves her head on screen, and that's pretty cool because most actors don't do that live. Um, well, especially since her hair was like one of her, her trademarks. Yeah. yeah, and that's why everybody remembers it so much. But, you know, honestly, like it's... It wasn't even that big of a dig, you know. It's uh, GI Jane's actually kind of cool. So I, you know, I, I I think that there's there this this is the in the the world is set up to revolve around internet uh, internet hype, and I think this worked. I think they found something that, that that is causing a lot of internet hype, and I think they they tapped into this primal internet nature because the Oscars have been knowing for a while that the internet has been kind of thwarting them left and right like twitter always says something terrible about the oscars right it's like well they did this wrong and they're not inclusive enough and they blah 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 but now everyone's like oh my god oscars did you see it and um and so garrett says from what i understand that will smith told chris rock before that he did not want him to comment on her hair um i mean but still but still it seems a little strange it seems a little strange and also who goes back? Like, you just get to go back to your seat and sit I mean, down? When's the, when's the last time anything like that ever happened at an award show like that, televised live? No one just gets up and assaults people like yeah, that. No one walks right up to the I mean, stage. They don't have a plan in place for what to do if one of the actors socks one of the other actors in the mouth. But I don't think the show would just keep going. What else would they do? Cut to commercial, like they always do. Um, you know, like Kanye and Taylor, where it's like... Uh, Hold up a second. Uh, George Bush doesn't like black people. And then what did everybody do? They're like cutting a commercial, changing cameras, and then like, oh, geez, yikes. That was a <clears throat> different instance of Kanye being Kanye. But but the but the reaction was the same. Same with the nip slip. Oh, change camera angles. The the Oscars didn't change cameras at all. It was it was straight there. Um, and Will Will was seated on the front he row. Was, he was right in front of the steps. He was the closest you could get to the steps, mm-hmm. um, which also is kind of like, that's a little interesting as well. Um, well, he was up for best actor. Yeah, and everyone's like, he really did look pissed because he goes, keep my wife's name out your effing mouth. And it's like, have you never watched Will Smith do his like big buff up? Like he, that's, uh, that's Will Smith, man. And Should've you're talking... Go ahead. Oh, he should have hit him with one of those welcome to earth. <laughs> or one of those Muhammad Ali punches that he trained so well, hard for. So I guess Chris Rock said backstage that he got hit by Muhammad Ali and didn't take get, didn't get a scratch or anything. Yep. And you know, I mean you think about it and it's like, um Will Smith, you know, everyone's like, he he really did look upset. And I go, yeah, he literally just accepted an Academy Award for a role where he looked genuinely upset. Like, King Richard was a movie about a guy getting upset and defending his family. Like, it's just, you know, they're, they're, they're actors. That's literally what we're watching. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It just, the sound didn't sound good either. It sounded like, uh, I don't think I finished that statement it sounded like a fabric hit, and uh, you know, fabric hit has a very, very, very specific sound, and it's something that I'm very familiar with because people wear lav mics all the damn time, and they wear them stupidly, and you have to edit around those clothing hits. And lapel mics, I could see where his lapel mic was. It's here, right? 
It was right here. And so if it did connect, it, you know, just like the punch that I showed you that I did, I actually did hit Jason. I grazed his chin. You know, it was like, a, okay, this is where your head's going to go, yada, yada, yada. You do want to make some sort of contact because it looks more real that way. But, you know, if I were like a forensic slapper analysis, you know, uh, the, the clothing hit, like he would have had to hit all of Chris Rock's body with this this fabric, but you would have still heard a slap if there was skin getting hit, you know, because, I mean, even just me, like, you you can hear it, and I'm not, like, very well mic'd here, and, like, it's, that's, come on, y'all, the truth is in the tape, the tale of the tape. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I think it's bullshit. I don't think we need to be this worked up about it. I, um, <laughs> just, oh, Jake gets to slap me. Yeah. Toss out a number, guy. Yeah. Five, five, ten, 15 subs. <laughs> He's going to gift all of them. 15 subs. And then, um, we'll, we'll let Jake slap me. But anyway, um, the slap heard around the world. Well, if you watch professional slapping, yeah, you know Those they, dudes they lean out, each other, grit up the cheek. I just, I've watched a lot of people get slapped in my day, and that didn't look like a good slap, um, especially coming from two people who are familiar with fight choreography, uh, physical comedy. Oh, Fury's hey, Palsy, one, one sub, <laughs> one sub. There we go. Fourteen more to go. Mm. I better finish that bottle of rum if we're going to go there. Um, but anyway, I don't know. Let's talk about some other news. There wasn't a whole lot. No. Because um, everybody, it's it was an Oscar week. Um, let's see what else going on in the movie news. Oh, did you have anything to talk about? You're just going to sit there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that occupied half the show. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Apparently, Vern saw me get slapped one time, and I just shrugged it off and drank a beer, because that's what I do. No big deal. Uh, no, man, there wasn't anything big. I saw that uh, Lost City was the big money maker, and I imagine we'll talk about that later. said that was uh, by their metrics. That was thanks to females going to the movies, and other than that, there was I mean, there's not really, there wasn't much talked about. Well, I mean, again, Oscar weekend is a slow weekend. I mean, there's only there's only two big movies coming out in the theaters this week. We're finally getting Morbius. I know that I reported on it last month, but it got moved again. It's coming out this weekend. Uh, it is April Fool's weekend, so maybe it's going to get pushed back. I don't know. Uh, but Mor- Morbius, um, the new Spider-Verse chapter, Sony, Antihero, Jared Leto, uh, whatever, is, is coming out. Um and the contractor, which is Chris Pine playing that sort of uh, what's the character, the Rainbow Six character that Chris Pine was the the Jack Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. It looks it just basically looks like Jack Ryan, but not Jack Ryan. Um, James Harper, which also sounds very Jack Ryan-y. A discharged U.S. Special Forces Sergeant James Harper risks everything one. for his family. As he joins a private contracting organization, two, two subs, two, two out of the, th- so all right, thirteen more, thirteen more. It's a lucky number, and then Jake gets to slap me. Um, those are the only two movies coming out. Like Morbius, I'm probably gonna, you know, gonna have to see that just because it's 
one of those movies like we talked about. It's a movie that, that we have to see. We don't necessarily want to see it, but we're kind of contractually obligated as an American citizen to see this movie because of the hype. Um, are you going to go see it? Yeah, I guess I need to watch the latest Spider-Man before I do or something, maybe. Probably I don't not. Think it, I don't it's think it has anything. Linked. It's going to connect probably in At just the end. referential ways. And yeah. be like, you know, oh. I watched enough of the new one on, on YouTube and Facebook videos and whatever. So, uh, Sam asks, is it pants worthy to see it? Um, I would say no. I mean, this one, this one's going to be comic book, popcorn bait. Uh, I'm not expecting much out of this, you know. But you do have Joker and Batman being in a movie. You do have a well, Marvel movie. You have Joker and Batman in a Marvel in a Marvel movie. movie. I didn't even think about that. That's weird. Two two DC guys being MC guys. That's not MCU. Don't. It's it's gonna say MCU somewhere on. It's gonna say Marvel at the beginning because of licensing negotiations and contracts and Vanguard and BlackRock's kind of you know conspiracy shit. But uh, but yeah, this make no mistake. This is a this is a this is not a Disney and Marvel MCU movie. This is a different studio completely. So uh, get ready for that one. Um, and that's it. That's that's all that's coming out in the movie theaters this week. It's kind of a Kind of a weak week. Yep. Tell us about Halo. What happened with Halo? Oh man, uh, I want to. Uh, I want to talk about Red Rocket first before we get into Halo We're because ta- okay, Halo is going to be like a whole thing. Uh, Red Rocket, I can get through pretty quick because uh, one of our viewers, I think Sam, said something about how uh, people getting slapped or whatever doesn't happen at the Avians. Funny you should talk about that. This movie has a lot uh, slapping. No, well, kind of, I guess. Uh, where they talk about uh, aliens. Uh, the aliens, because Simon Rex's character, Mikey, is a uh, uh, adult film industry star and who for, returns home. For those of you that don't know, the aliens, I, I wasn't aware. I had to Google this before the show that it's the adult video. Mm-hmm. Um, what's N stand for? Uh, you got me. I don't know. You don't know? Mm. Well, it's porno. It's porno Oscars. If you if if you didn't know, there you go. Uh, but it's about this guy who comes home because he's down and out. I guess he's he's too old to continue on in the industry. They don't want him anymore, and he tries to uh, reclaim a piece of his life in his hometown with his estranged wife. There we go. Oh, two more. Look at that. Uh, boom boom. And um, he he tries to get jobs. He's trying to be like a normal person in society, all these things, but no one will let him uh, because he has a 17-year work gap on his resume. And when he finally is coaxed into telling them why it's there, uh, of course, they all just blacklist him. You know, he's like, he's not, they're like, sorry. You can't be in here. You showed, yeah. you showed your PP on the TV. Right, yeah. Sorry, we don't want you at the restaurant because someone might recognize you and they don't want you touching their food, <laughs> you know. Um, so he <laughs> he has to start selling reefer uh to to reefer addicts and and trying to reclaim some what of a life and then he meets this young girl is immediately attracted to her uh, both for himself and he sees her as a ticket back to his old way of life uh, and then everything falls apart around him with all of his uh relationships with people and friends and uh family and 
whatever. It's a slice of life movie. It's not like high entertainment. It's not going to make you laugh. It's not going to make you cry. So what was Simon Rex like? I'm wondering why he chose this role because you don't see him in a lot of movies lately. Mm -hmm. Like uh, he's kind of been a little bit sleepy after what was that big viral video that he did? News. Um, There's your N. That's what N stands for. uh, Oh, yeah. Adult video news. He, I mean, he was in a lot of stuff. Like he was in all the, um, you know, the uh, uh, scary movie movies, and yeah, just, and he was big on uh, like mid mid 2012 to 2016. He was like everywhere, and then he's kind of disappeared. What was it before TikTok? Oh, okay, uh, uh, Vine. Vine? Yeah. yeah, he was big on Vine. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I mean, it's not was bad. That Miami bitch. Was that the song that he did? I'm in Miami. Trick. No, or, that was or, LMFAO. He did 1980. And that's what, like 1980. Yeah, dirt nasty. Dirt yeah. nasty. Um, but, I mean, it's a slice of life I'm movie. It's a lot cocaine. like that. Uh, what was the, the movie with Moondog with... Uh, Matthew McConaughey? With McConaughey. Yeah, it was, it was Moondog. Is that what it, it was yeah, called? It's kind of like that style movie. It's just mm-hmm. like a movie about a burnout dude who's just living his life and everything happens around him. And it's something where it's just, it's trying to show you that he's... It's a human journey. I don't know. Uh, a character study. It's worth watching. I mean, it's interesting, but it's not going to be something that's going to absolutely captivate you or or uh, teach you anything other than how About interpersonal relationships work. You're uh, a star. So is it not, Boogie Nights? No, uh, no, it's not quite that. Uh, it th- this one, like I said, it's not really going to be one that the Academy is going to look at and be like, well, look at that. They're, they, there was no chance of them casting Burt Reynolds in this movie. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but it's not bad. It's, I mean, it's an entertaining movie uh, for what it is. Uh, but uh, something that was far less than entertaining uh, and was the worst thing I've ever watched oh, in my entire life. Yeah. Oh, so Halo lures oh, you in. Right? They're like, check it out. We got the music. We got Master Chief. We have all of the Spartans. The The costumes are sick. The The Mjolnir armor looks like Halo Mjolnir armor. It looks very Thanks cool. Thanks, cosplay. Yeah. Um, the It's super brutal. Every time someone gets shot, it's just body parts and blood and, and everything. Like flying. Starship Troopers. Very Starship Troopers. Uh, you get to see things from the video game. The Shout-outs to Paul Verhoeven for the, setting the bar. The way they wield weapons, the vehicles they bring in. You get to see a warthog. You get to see a pelican. Uh, you get to see all of it in action. There's a bunch of Sangheili or the elites uh, that are running around. You get to see things from the video game, and it lures you in with that, and you're like, well, this is very cool, except it's not. Do they have one of the, the saber jams? Oh, yeah, the sword. Yeah. Yep. And you get to see it used to kill <laughs> several people. Uh, they don't. It, they don't hold back. Like a Singhele comes in and just wipes out women and children needle, and everybody. Needle gun. No, they didn't have a needler. It's not generally wielded by the Singhele. That's more of like a uh, grunt and uh, yeah, jackal. You, you pick them up. Sure. And pews Oh, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I watched the first episode, and I hated everything about it. Well, it sounded like all these things were sick and sweet. They were, until it became like a Mandalorian or Lone Wolf and Cub rip. Uh, Was there like a baby grunt that they were just like, we must (laughs) protect the child? No, just some Korean girl on a desert planet that got murdered by the Sangheili. 
Oh, and so she's the chosen one. Yeah, kind of. So Master Chief, um, he touches this object that the Covenant are excavating on this planet that they decide to kill all the humans on. Uh, It causes him to see a memory from his childhood, and it just rewires his entire self. Because in this, the Spartans aren't just Spartans, but they are weapons for murdering the innocent. And so when they send him the kill order... Uh, thanks to his contact with this Go item, humanity. he denies the order to kill this unarmed, innocent girl that he's the alone in the spaceship one. with. Yeah, And uh, with that, he betrays the UNSC. They put the entire UNSC and all of their Oni facility against him uh, and then order every troop in the facility to kill Master Chief and shoot his plane down with all the other Spartans. There's like 30 movie tropes that I'm coming up with, like movies that I've seen follow yeah. the same. Exactly. And all the Spartans are told to kill him, but then, you know, Dr. Halsey's like, hey, but don't really do it. Do whatever you can to protect Chief. We got to recover him because we need to study him because he's able to resist orders now. Um, but to to get out of the situation... He does what caused everyone to hate Judge Dredd. Oh, he took the helmet off? Takes the helmet off. So in the very first episode, the very first episode, Chief removes his helmet, and you just see him without the helmet for the remainder. Just a raw, naked Chief. Mm -hmm. For the remainder of the show. Why? You just gaze upon this actor they decided to cast as Chief, who's like... The most terrifying, creepy dude from um, uh, from SVU ever, uh, and he was in Why? that movie with uh, Gerard Butler Why where they rob banks that? and stuff. Oh yeah, that movie. Was yeah, because Gerard Butler. Was so in it. I was like, why didn't they just use the the voice of Chief from the video games? It's because they cast a guy to be Chief without the helmet on, and they use his voice, and everything's terrible okay. and awful. So a couple of questions. We're gonna catch up with the, in the chat, and I want to get back to this. Um, McLean asks, "Is there any Blood Gold references?" Garrett from Facebook asks, "What network is it on?" Uh, it's on Paramount Plus. Uh, it's a Showtime show on Paramount Plus, which is why it's graphic like it is, because it's a pay channel show. Um, it sounds like they decided to do that so they can make less aliens. Oh, yes. I, I Maybe, guarantee you. May, but, well, because it's less CGI. Yeah, aliens are expensive. Human enemies are cheap. Yeah. Probably. You now, the whole thing about the Spartans and the Spartans. It's why a lot of enemy also... Um, Human enemies with helmets. Yeah, so um, they can reuse the actors over and over. Use stuntmen. They don't have personalities. They're just they fodder. De- they can dehumanize, mm-hmm. and it's cheap, easy killing things. Yeah, they're fodder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the, if you don't know Halo, the whole thing about Halo is that the Spartans and the Spartan Twos, which is what Chief is, were created with the with the sole goal of quelling human rebellions on other planets within the... Um, Imperium of Man, <laughs> right? So, uh, Universal Soldiers. Kind of. But then the Covenant attack, uh, and all of a sudden there is this alien enemy that all of humanity can unite against, and all of a sudden Spartans are in the war against the Covenant rather than uh, squashing human rebellions because all the planets the rebellion's on are getting glassed by the Covenant. They're just getting turned into literal glass uh, with laser beams. And so, needlers. In this show, they've already been fighting the Covenant for years, but keep it secret from everybody except for the government. And they still refuse to leave the 
It's like a slap people, that may have been planned. Yeah. Everybody knows about it, or nobody knows about it but the government. Yeah, so they're leaving all these people in the dark about it. They don't tell them that aliens exist until the aliens show up and start killing them, and then hopefully a Spartan will come and save them. And on the planet, it shows in the first episode, there's 150 people. One lives. She's the girl that Chief decides to ruin the, his The girl that for. lives. She's Harry Potter. Yeah, so she's like, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, cool takes the helmet off and he's like shoot me here otherwise it won't work this is mark six mjolnir which is dumb because it starts out in like mark two in the video games and six is just like they've accelerated so much stuff and pretended like nothing in halo exists and completely undermined the way that the character of chief's supposed to be because chief's whole thing is that he saves everybody that's his thing he's the master chief he's the badass he's john 117 he's unstoppable he's the demon uh, and the and the Sangheili already recognize him as the demon in this. He's been fighting them so long that he has his nickname. And yet they haven't discovered the Halos, and he's just going to run around with Quan, uh, whatever her this name is. This is all in the first episode? This is the first episode. And they, they just immediately... The episode opens up. They're like, "Look at these dumb people," and you're like, "Why are they? Why am I following these people? They're so dumb." And they're like, "But here's Sing Healy, and they're gonna kill all of them." You're like, "Now we're talking." And then you're like, "Where are the Spartans?" And the Spartans show up. They ruin all of the Sing Healy, and then Master Chief is like, "Cool, job's over. Here's my face." And he, yeah. So and okay. Then this- he he takes off with her, and and all the trailer for the rest of the episodes is him and her running around the galaxy doing dumb stuff, and I don't want to watch Bonding. any of it. So, so okay. from the first episode, they ruin everything Halo, and I want nothing to do with it. This is something that I don't understand about Hollywood, because Hollywood accidentally always seems to forget that masked, anonymous characters are timeless and iconic. Like, you... All of the, the mask, perma-mask-wearing characters in cinematic history become so much more legendary than, like, oh, let me just take off this iconic thing that anyone can become if they wear this mask like that's the beauty of it is because fans and cosplayers can go i'm i'm the person Mm -hmm. i'm this oh man because boba fett became iconic you never saw his face you never ever saw his face way 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 later and then he stopped being cool because everybody's like oh yeah mask cool you design a cool mask and it's timeless forever never ages you don't know it's history you don't know the actor's history you're not checking out whether or not they slap somebody on TV and following like what their wife thinks about it you're not like it's just the mask you know you think Jason Voorhees is just like this mask it's an icon it's a symbol it represents something and you never see the face behind the mask you see Jason's face a couple times but, but kind of but it's not like oh it's it's me, famous actor that you may or may not have ever heard of. You know, like, here I am. Oh, hey, guys. It's even more mask. Like, it's just ugly mask. Um, you know, Michael Myers. You never see his face. That's true. And it's just a part uh, of it. You do in the Rob Zombie one, kind of. Yeah, but that's, that doesn't count. That's yeah. way later. That's 30 years of, of amazing, iconic history later. Uh, and then they, they ruined it by doing that. You know, uh, I, I, there's just masks work you know dread pirate roberts was only powerful because of his mask um you know zorro was powerful because of his mask uh you know you just take the you just take the mask off and everything's ruined the magic is gone you can't you you, you they ruined it with judge dread and it sounds like they're ruining it with master chief these are mask guys 
They wear the mask. That's their face. That's their face. Not a. That's the face that we know. That's the face that we can relate to. That's the face that we can pretend to be. Darth Vader. You see his face for like two seconds when he's dying. Not like, it's me, Vader, and now I'm going to masquerade the whole time as this. Like he became famous. The entire second half of the episode is Chief without his helmet on, running around just as a person. He's not Master Chief anymore. He's not like a badass Spartan he's 2. He's a guy. And he's an old dude, which is whack because the whole thing about Spartan 2s is that they had accelerated growth the and phantom. they're put in cryo-freeze and they don't age. And really, Master Chief is like a teenager in his 20s the whole time in the video games. And then they have him here as like a dude in his 40s. They're like, oh, check out 40-year-old Master Chief. And it ruins everything. Yeah. Well, uh, so you know, Vince said Darth Vader, but then Velvet Santa coming in with a deep cut and said Big Van Vader also never took his mask off from from wrestling. He never took his mask off. Yeah, Vader took his mask off. But Plus way his, later, his mask was like little strings. Way later, Rey Mysterio Jr. Oh, okay, there's one. Another wrestling deep cut mask wearing awesome dude. Like masks make masks are immortal. You know, masks are iconic. Like, let let the, you know, you need to just cast someone that's cool with not having their face shown. Like, that's what you need to do. And then, and, and, and it can be, it could be forever. It could be eternal. And uh, I think Hollywood never realizes that until way later. Well, and I, I mean, 343 Industries is involved in this, so I don't understand why they were like, oh, remember that one time we decided to show Master Chief as a kid, and you got an idea of what he looked like, and in the game we showed the back of his head, and everyone's like, the Phantom upset about it because like why does chief have to be a white guy or whatever it was that mm -hmm. people were upset about in in everything like what if we just explicitly be like hey here he is so it was bad uh, i didn't like any of it except for the the armor looked really cool i was like yeah that's that's halo it looks just like halo 5 you know or halo 4 it was very cool uh but they decided to make master chief enemy of the state from episode one which is dumb as can be so uh, it's if you like anything about halo uh the show is is just garbage for you so. these comment comments are cracking me up like logan says nobody cared who stanley ipkus was until he put on the mask and uh, jim carrey i mean it's true nobody he once he put on the mask it was all about it and then carson comes in with uh from youtube saying no one's ever seen andy circus's face um until he played uh, uh, Alfred in the in the uh, Batman. No, he was the uh, the South African bad guy yeah, dude in the Marvel been, movies. He's been he's had his face in a lot of stuff. And Velvet Santa says it's annoying in every Marvel movie that uh, or every Marvel movie everybody makes characters that spend the majority of their movie with their masks off. And um, you know, Matt mask masks are important, guys. I mean, it's it's you know, you know, Batman when he's like Batmaning around, he keeps the mask on. You know, he didn't take it off and goes, well, this is annoying and I want everybody to see how beautiful I am. And, he does uh, in Batman Returns when he smooches on Catwoman. I know, that was stupid. That was real big dumbs. Um, oh, the Jackal. Oh, Deep Cut. Is that the, that's the movie where um, um, like Jack Black gets his arm blown off with a fifty caliber because like uh, 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 Bruce Bruce Willis is like, here, hold this pack of cigarettes. And Jack Black's like, yeah, and he shoots that fifty cal and blows his whole arm off. Um, I think that's the Jackal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Bo knows. Uh, Luchador Batman. Um, yeah. 
Just so many masks, guys. So many masks. But anyway, Halo sounds sounds pretty stupid. It was very dumb. Yeah, I was. Yeah. If you have a free trial of Paramount Plus, and you're bored, use it on South Park. Don't waste it on Halo. There or Star Trek. Oh yeah, that's true. Now that Star Trek's leaving Netflix, that's where you have to watch it. Have you been watching any of Picard season two? I never watched season one. Everyone hated it online, so I didn't see a reason to watch season two. I'm not. Super Despite Q and Guinan coming back, I, I just the interest for me is not there. Well, it's all about like the first two episodes that I watched. I was just it's all about like Picard finding love and why is Picard running from love and and like as uh, soon as they bring Klingons back, talk to me. If you know, if, if Worf shows up on screen or and if... just like, Picard, quit being a Patak and let's go do this thing. Yeah, so if they bring back Worf or Martok or if they have real Klingons, not this Star Trek Discovery BS version of Klingons that are even worse than the J.J. Abrams Klingons, when they have real Klingons, let me know and then I'll, I'll watch and I will care. But until Klingons are returned to Star Trek... I don't want anything to do with it. Big, so big bold words. Below yeah. decks, Brave New Worlds, Discovery, Picard, they can all suck it. I'm done with that. Damn, dude, this I, is coming from a guy who owns a phaser. <laughs> <laughs> it's back there. It's back there. Klingons are the only thing that makes Star Trek worth watching, man. I don't want anything to do with Star Trek without Klingons. Bolana Torres is a dime, says Zach Star. I mean, I don't know. Maybe like towards the like like. Season not five, in the early, and, yeah. Season seasons, five and yeah. season six, Belana Torres was. Where she's like, just angry to be the angry character. Yeah, she's always just like, "I hate this and I hate you. Don't don't talk to me." Yeah, boys stink. Yeah, my and, Klingon hormones make me want to punch you. Yeah, that Belana Torres. I'm gonna fix it. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but then she, you know, then she m- marries the bad boy. Um, Tom Paris, cool dude with Tom, the Delta Flyer. The Delta Flyer, dude. That that should be like a newspaper. Like a like a like a sci-fi news newspaper that comes out weekly. It's the Delta Flyer. Um, has anyone ever done that? I don't know. Uh, Velvet Santa asks if you own any self self stealing <laughs> stem bolts, and it's like I don't have any self stealing self stealing stem bolts, but I do have a lot of yamaka sauce. Um, if if you guys are into yamaka sauce, so um, Deep Space Nine deep cuts uh well, let's see what else what else is in the news that we want to talk about we only got 10 minutes maybe we should just jump into the box office report because we yeah. had one oh. uh, just gotta drink the last of that water um let's do the box office man there was there was money that was spent over the weekend um we're gonna go over the box office roundup for the weekend of march 25th through 27th these are domestic numbers for those of you that don't watch the show very often we only talk about domestic numbers because they are the numbers that matter for greenlit sequels um a lot of a lot of times that's one of the things that we teach you about in, in in the drive-in speaker rocks when we do have our teachable moments is that uh how hollywood works hollywood is predictable hollywood is a money-making machine is a marketing juggernaut that is designed to take your money it is not designed to reflect culture It is not designed to represent peoples it is designed to shake money out of your wallets and the box office roundup is important because it just tells us exactly how much money it shook out of your wallets so we start with number 10 we work our way to number one Number 10, Infinite Storm, which probably, despite its name, is not going to have an infinite time at the box office. Uh, Came out when 1,500 theaters nationwide only came in with 758,000 at the box office. 
in its opening week. Uh, we've got it here in Northwest Arkansas if you want to check it out, but it didn't look like anybody did. It averaged just less than $500 per, per theater showing. Mm. Like, that's pretty rough. Um, Sing 2, uh, the number nine movie in America, with $1.3 million in its 14th week, still in the box office, bringing it up to $160 million domestically. Number eight, Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, $2 million at the box office. It's been out for 15 weeks, bringing it $800 million just here, just domestically. Almost a billion dollars just domestically. I don't think it's going to reach the billion dollar club domestically. It has reached the billion dollar club easily worldwide. But well, I, it's available on video now. So. Yeah. I, 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 but the fact that it's still in some theaters is pretty wild. Uh, number seven, Dog, uh, which is still hanging in the top ten, which I was not expecting. Uh, it's been out for six weeks. It brought in $2.1 million this weekend. So far brought it up to $57 million at the box office. That was kind of surprising. Number six, X, uh, which we talked a little bit. It's from A24, horror movie. Haven't had a chance to see this. Do plan on watching it sometime soon. It brought in $2.2 million uh, so far in its second release, bringing it up to $8.2 million at the box office. Number five, we talked about this last week, which was kind of a surprise, being it was number two, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jujutsu Kaisen, the movie, uh, bringing in $4.5 million, um, opening up in an additional 132 theaters nationwide. It got in a more expanded release this week, which is pretty Pretty amazing. Uh, Sony, or excuse me, Crunchyroll uh, put put this. It, it, Crunchyroll is now distributing films in theaters, which is kind of wild. Twenty seven point uh, seven million dollars at the box office. That's pretty interesting. I, I want to find out what the budget here was for this movie because if it's making almost thirty million in the U.S. box office, I think we might start seeing more anime films in theaters. You don't make that face. You just Weeb money. Wait till like initial D, the movie comes out in theaters. And it did. Yeah, I no, watched like a new one. Oh, hmm. wait. I mean, like if, if they re-released it, and you're like Eurobeat intensifies. I've watched all the initial D movies in the theater. Uh, I watched the live action initial D when it was in the theater, and I watched uh, the initial D Legends. You watched the live action initial D theater the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That happened. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Weep. <laughs> is that a weave? It's cars, man. Oh, sure it is. Uh, number four, Uncharted, bringing in $5 million at the box office in its six week in release, bringing it up to $133 million at the box office. Number three, RRR, uh, a movie that I didn't think was going to uh, make any any uh, headway at the, at, the, at, the, at the box office because it's, again, a foreign film mm. um brought in uh you know opened up in 1200 theaters nationwide and a nine million dollar release at number three pretty good there was lots of indian cinema movies uh, that were out this a past lot week this yeah. week yeah our amc was full of them uh number two the batman bringing in another 20 million dollars in its fourth week in release bringing it up to 331 million at the box office there's that's the, with the foreign films the foreign films emote and the number one movie in america the lost city which opened up this weekend with 30 million 30.4 million dollars at the box office from paramount uh rounding out the list of course it's the new movie it's always going to be number one um you know it's the big the big one the big new one and uh i do i do plan on seeing this one i just didn't have time this week it's uh i'm actually gonna go see alton brown in tulsa tomorrow so yeah he's playing uh doing his alton brown good eats live gonna go or alton brown live i'm gonna go see that tomorrow i'm pretty excited about that i had bought tickets like six months ago um pretty pretty excited so there you have it ladies and gentlemen that is our show 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in, everybody that's on the comments. Uh, we did not get enough subs for me to get struck in the face, um, but thank you for everybody that did sub because we do appreciate that. It helps helps chip away very very tinily at the bills to that that I pay for the studio and all this equipment. So um, we do appreciate it. But anyway, uh, we'll be back next week, probably talking about Morbius, maybe talking about Lost City, doing other fun things. So uh, you want to like, subscribe. Hey, thanks, Tony. Thanks, everybody. Uh, find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. We do this live every Monday night, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. And if you don't have time to watch the show on your phone, you can always download the podcast in MP3 format wherever it is you get your podcast. Just search for the drive-in. Speakerbox drive-in has a hyphen. Speakerbox is all one word. Next week, going to be talking about drive-in theaters. Ours is set to be demolished, and I'm not too happy about it. Um, I hadn't heard about this. Yep. No. Our, yeah, one of uh, historic 112 drive-in theater uh, set to be turned into a mixed-use rich people neighborhood. And, uh, yes, there we'll, we'll talk about that on next week's show. So don't forget to tune in. I'll have plans, uh, blueprints, and all these things to show you how I'm – because I've, I've, I've learned how to push new buttons um, and do these things. Yes, big, big tears, big tears. So uh, support your drive-in theater while it's still here. And uh, maybe we can get them to change their minds. I don't know. Oh, Cassandra. I know. I was upset as well hearing this news because um, they're going to put another th an, an enclosed theater there. But, you know, and then, oh, okay. I don't want to get into it right now because we only have like literally two minutes. But this big news drop at the end of the show. I know. Um, Cassandra says opens April 8th. So our drive in theater opens April 8th. For their summer season, please go out and support them. Show them that we care about our theater because it is on the drawing board to go away. And they want to build a mixed-use neighborhood. I'll, like I said, I'll show the plans next week. But this is very problematic for a handful of reasons. Um, you know, you talk to anybody on the city and they're going to say it's 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 advancement and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's it's pretty 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 interesting stuff there, so uh that'll be the teaser drop for next week's episode we'll be bringing you that and uh we're gonna go see some movies so thanks for tuning in i am always Bo, the boom operator i'm slick doggy the grip and we'll see you guys next week bye now